Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end zone, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get! Don't you ever talk about me! L-O-B. He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that! Quarterback, you can't fight! Welcome along to Off The Ball's NFL podcast. I'm Nathan Murphy. All the regulars are here. Donny Mahoney, Off The Ball's Token Yank. How are you? Hello. Feeling American today? Good. Why? Uh, More American well, than normal? The NFL week is kicking off again, and now I'm just I'm just excited. You're chilled. We've got Patriots Jets tonight. Let's go. Do it. Keen Fahey, how are you? I'm feeling as American as I usually do. <laughs> and Sam, you feeling any more American than normal? No, just the regular amount of American, I think. Good, good. So we're going to be looking back on a pretty eventful week six and looking ahead to week seven. A rare week this week where we won't really be discussing the Patriots. Uh, their 37-22 win away to Buffalo, proving the Brady haters, like you, Sam, wrong <laughs> once again. And uh, not much more to say on the Patriots, Donnie, than the Super Bowl status. It's pretty much secure. Yeah, one of the nice things about working on this podcast is I get to write all the scripts. Yeah. So... I've, you know, I think it's pretty clear. I think I was pretty sincere in that. I, I, I think all our listeners will have believed you when you said that it'll be Patriots versus whomever in the Super Bowl. Sam, is there any chance of the Patriots getting to the Super Bowl? Certainly a lot more of a chance than there was a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've played pretty well the last couple of weeks, and they look good. I mean, Bray, I don't think he's looked as, as kind of vintage best, but he's playing well, and he's, he's getting more help now with Gronk coming back healthy, with the offensive line playing a bit better. And with uh, with Tim's um, getting back in the team, he's a guy that can bring something to them as a deep threat that they don't have anywhere else in that offense. So with all those things put together, this is a team that can now beat a lot of teams as opposed to just skating by. See, Donnie, you need to give Sam a break. He's just been bigging your boys up. Uh, Sam, is it true that you were getting dogs abuse on the Rich Eisen podcast this week over because of your Brady hate? No, actually, I got mentioned, but I was expecting it to be a, a torrent, torrent of abuse after the mention. But they, uh, they just, you know, just mentioned that I was the the guy that started off all the the controversy and left it at that. On my script, it says you're the internet's number one Tom Brady hater. <laughs> Why do you hate Tom Brady? I know you can either you hey, either think is he's it a the greatest face. You either think he's the the greatest quarterback ever, or you hate him. There's there's no middle ground. Kind of like what, like a Wayne Rooney. There's got to be a, is there, is there a, a Luis Suarez. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Maybe it depends where you're from, right. which is exactly the situation exactly. Uh, right here. All right, uh, Sunday night, pretty seismic result in the NFC. The Cowboys beating the Seahawks 30 points to 23. And listening back to the podcast at the start of the season, luckily I wasn't on them, so I can't be hung on what I once said. But I'm pretty certain all you guys rode off the Cowboys. They go to Seattle lost once in 19 games at home, and they go and beat them comprehensively. Keen, how impressive was this from the Cowboys? Uh, very impressive. And the the nice thing about the Cowboys this year is they've been fairly consistent in how they're winning games. They're relying on their offensive line. They're relying on DeMarco Murray to be his, as brilliant as he has been, rushing for huge amounts of yards. And the defense has been consistent and disciplined, but not spectacular. They've got away with that to this point, and they probably will keep getting away with that because of the division they play in and because the offense looks to be really, really that good. So I'm not sure how how much of a Super Bowl threat they are, but they're definitely looking like a playoff team and maybe a division winner at this stage. Yeah, Sam, you might talk to us about their coach, Jason Garrett, and their defensive coordinator, Rod Marinelli, the way they've transformed the Cowboys this season from... In week one against the 49ers, looking pretty terrible. They've now won five in a row since then. Their offensive line's been particularly strong. Three home games in a row coming up. Following up there from Keane, are they contenders or are they, are they still more than likely just going to fall short? I think they have to be contenders at this stage. I mean, I haven't been expecting most of this run, but every time you, you expect the wheels to fall off, they go and do something that you weren't that you didn't see coming, like knocking off Seattle at home. Um you know the the defense is playing an awful lot better than than we thought it was going to play. The they found some guys on the defensive line that are at least holding their own. Um, they've got kind of huge production out of a bunch of 
reclamation projects at linebacker. Guys like Rolando McLean, who was essentially out of the league and retired, is now playing like the, the former first-round pick that he is. Justin Durant is, is, is a similar guy in terms of he was a guy who's been up and down in his career and, and wasn't really a factor, but he's playing very well. Sterling Moore is a, a kind of former Patriots cast-off playing very well, and, and Orlando Skandrick playing extremely well behind him. So that D that we expected to be one of the worst units in football is actually playing pretty well. And as long as they continue to run the wheels off DeMarco Murray, who's on pace for an all-time high level of, of carries in a season, I think they'll play well. The question is going to be, can he possibly sustain that level of, of workload over the course of the season? Keen, you might talk to us about the Seahawks and suddenly they're looking pretty mortal. Dallas, much maligned defence. They contain Russell Wilson and his teammates. How do they go about it and are there serious concerns now about the Seahawks? I don't think there's serious concerns. Uh, they're not as good as a team as they were last year, but it was they were never going to be as good as they were last year because last year they were just dominant. And what's happened this year is the defense has gotten a little bit better or a little bit worse, and the expectation was the offense would get, get a little bit better to kind of balance it out. And the offense hasn't really been that good yet. The defense has been exposed by a lot of good offenses. I know uh, Football Outsiders has their schedule as, as the toughest so far in terms of facing offenses, but... It's on the on the offensive side for the Seahawks. They've been throwing. They seem to be throwing a lot of shorter passes, a lot of intermediate passes, a lot of trying to force Percy Harvin into the game plan at times. Instead of what they were doing last year, where they were just focusing on running the ball and throwing the ball down the field. Like, I think Marshawn Lynch finished that game last week with six carries, which is just shockingly shockingly low because he should be having fifteen to eighteen at least. And if you want, you kind of want them to go back to be to being a team that is in search of big plays down the field while taking advantage of Harvin's playmaking ability, taking advantage of Lynch underneath, instead of kind of focusing on that and trying to force them into doing that from the very start of the game. Yeah, Donny, your assessment on it? Well, what impressed me most was uh, seeing Jason Garrett coaching while wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, it was, it was almost like he was bringing like a poker kind of uh, mentality to the, to the sidelines. And he's wearing these sort of thick Oakley sunglasses. Emotionless. Yeah, you couldn't really, you can't get a read on him. And I just thought, well, this is, he's kind of, you know, he's raising the stakes here on, on kind of coaching fashion. But what, having watched a lot of the Cowboys games over the years and just under Romo and seeing them implode time after time, was, what I thought was interesting was how, you know, they had turnovers in the fourth quarter. There's a fumbled punt. There's another fumble. And it, it was exactly the kind of place where the Cowboys would just completely implode, say, were it last year or two years ago. But because their defense was solid um, and because Murray was so impossible to tackle, um, they just you know, they won that game in really difficult circumstances. So, like, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if, I guess it all just seems built, it just seems based on DeMarco Murray and, and how much, you know, how much wear and tear he can endure this year. And, like, you, you just wonder, you know, in a 16-game season with three playoff games and a Super Bowl, you know, is can he make it that far? I I, I would wonder. But then you have this guy, Joseph Randall, their, their backup who was arrested for shoplifting, Underwear during the week, so you know, like they're gonna, they're gonna need Murray. I would, I'm gonna, I would suspect. How important is timing your run over the course of an LF, NFL season, Sam? We're still what, probably three and a half months away from the Super Bowl. To be able to continue the sort of form the Cowboys are in right the way through till the beginning of February, it's, it's pretty difficult to do. I'd imagine. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, the teams have shown in the past few years that it can be huge to get hot at the right time and. You know, if you're in contention going into the, the final week of the season and into the playoffs, then from that point, you're only three, four, five games away from from winning the Super Bowl. But in terms of, you know, at the same time, you've got to get there. So you've got to get to the point where you're still in contention. You can win those five games. And the NFC East is one of those divisions where, you know, Dallas has to get there first and then go on this run. The Philadelphia, I don't think, are going to go away. The Giants look up and down, but they're probably going to, you know, win enough games to to push anyone for a wild card spot or even the division. So they've got to keep winning just to get to the point where they they can make they can go they can go on a run. And it is it really at the moment is all on the shoulders of Demarco Murray, who has a history of of being pretty banged up and missing a lot of time. It's amazing that in the in the one year they've really kind of ridden him the hardest is, is the year that so far he hasn't had anything wrong with him. 
Yeah, the East is pretty competitive, but the West is probably the most competitive division in the NFL. You've got Arizona 4-1, uh, San Francisco 4-2, Seattle 3-2. Possibility that one or two of these teams mightn't make the playoffs, Sam. At this moment, who do you see making the playoffs from, from the West? Yeah, I think Arizona is the interesting team. I still think the Seahawks will bounce back enough, and they're good enough at home, even despite this loss to Dallas, that they should take at least the playoff spot. They should win that division. So the question is going to be, can the Cardinals sustain enough of their good play to overhaul the 49ers and to overhaul the rest of of the NFC and to try and take a wildcard spot? Because I think those two wildcard spots in the NFC are going to be extremely tough to to snare and may end up having kind of better records than one or two of the division winners. Yeah, Keen, has there been something of an overreaction to this defeat for Seattle? Do you still see them making the playoffs, giving it a, a good run to uh, retain the Super Bowl? Well, it's it's funny, really. We have these overreactions seemingly every week. When the Seahawks beat Washington fairly comfortably, everyone thought Russell Wilson was the was, was uh, back to being one of the best quarterbacks around, and he's uh, the guy you want over Andrew Luck to build your franchise and, and talk like that. And yeah, now this week we're kind of going in the opposite direction. A team that's dominant at home loses one game at home by just seven points, and we think it's it's the end of the world. But everything, everything they need to fix, they they should be able to fix. At the very least, they'll probably still be a nine or ten win team unless they suffer dramatic injuries. Nine and ten wins should be good enough to get into the. Actually, well, it might not be this year in the NFC, but they they should definitely be a playoff team. I, I I'm not concerned about them moving forward at all, really. Donny, um, I. Th- I think they'll be good, but it, it, if you if you take away the a, a, NFC South for a second, you've got there's three decent teams in the East, three decent teams in the West, three di- three different teams in the um, in the North. So you know you've got, that's nine teams going for five places. That's like I I, I assume Seattle just with because they're so hard to beat at home uh, will coast in, but like it, it's I, I think it's definitely looking trickier than it did say after week one or two. So who are you talking about in the north? You're talking about Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. Yeah, you've got. I mean, you've got the Bears on uh, three and th- or three and three, but then Green Bay and Detroit are four and two. Detroit are a team that I think a lot of people had just sort of either written off or or just didn't know what to expect from uh, Jim Caldwell. You know, he won't be the first uh, ballot uh, candidate as, into Canton for the as an NFL coach. You know, but like. You know, with the injuries to Megatron, their defense has been incredible this year. Like they've only given up eighty-two points after what six games. So, you know that that team alone has has really kind of raised eyebrows. Yeah, Sam. If we're talking at the start of the season, we're talking about Detroit. We're saying any the only way they're going to be competitive is because of their offense and because of Stafford and Megatron. But as Donnie says, their great start is all down to their defense. Yeah, I think they're they're kind of coaching a lot more smart this year than they were in the past. Um, I don't think uh, Jim Schwartz had that defense playing the best of its abilities, and they weren't kind of making best use of the talent that was on there, whereas now they seem to be picking an opponent's biggest weakness each week and, and going after it. I mean, you know, Ziggy Ansah had this monster game last week and just mercilessly picked on, on Matt Khalil for the Vikings, who has been really struggling at left tackle, and, and they just went after him. Um I don't, in the past, I don't think the Lions would have necessarily done that. But if they continue to, to play smart like they're, they're doing this year, as well as the, the kind of talent they have, that's going to give them a huge leg up in, in that division. Yeah, Keen, the Packers, three in a row for them now after a slightly spotty start, but pretty good vibes in Green Bay at the moment. Thanks mainly to Aaron Rodgers and his brilliance. Yeah, Rodgers was funny last week because he was making these plays that probably only him and maybe one or two other quarterbacks in the league can make. But he was also making some plays where you were kind of looking at him going, why did he do that? I thought he should have been intercepted twice on throws that just didn't make any sense when he was throwing underneath the covered receivers. Uh, they were very fortunate to win that game against the Dolphins. Obviously, Rodgers was brilliant at the end, but he, he took a, a fake snap or a, fa- a fake spike at the end, towards the end of the game, threw the ball out to his receiver quickly with just six or seven seconds left. And it, he, his receiver could very easily have been tackled in, in bounds and the game would have been over. And it was a very small margin between them being 4-2 and two and 3-3. Three and three. I think the, the fact that they struggled a bit with the Dolphins is worrying. I, I'm not sure how good that roster is around Rodgers, but as we've said in the past, and as we'll continue to say probably for the next five or six years, whenever you have that kind of quarterback, that caliber of player leading your offense, you're, you're always going to be in and around uh, a playoff team, I think. Nathan, do you want to take the opportunity to uh, air some 
grievances about your friend Eddie Lacy, your fantasy uh, running back? Yeah, somebody talked to me about Eddie Lacy. <laughs> this guy was my first round draft pick, number six, four points last weekend. What the hell? Is this going to change, Sam? Uh, Should I get rid of Eddie Lacy? I can't get rid of my first round draft pick. I can't just trade him out. <laughs> I, I, I think the Dolphins' defense is pretty strong. It's, it's tough up the middle, so it's probably not a great matchup for him. But that being said, he he still should have been expected to to get more yards than he did. Um, that that line for Green Bay didn't really do an awful lot for him. I, I think it's a bit soon to be dumping him. I would expect him. He's still a, a talented runner. He's got he's not playing badly. I don't think, but um, I would definitely expect him to kind of to pick up maybe with a more favourable matchup in, in the next few weeks. Right, I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to take your advice, Sam. Yeah, uh, it's worth pointing out that I'm not a I'm not a great fantasy guy. Yeah, are you one in five like me? I'm, I'm, I, I just, I, I'm one of the last people on earth that doesn't really play fantasy oh, right. football. But you're like me up until this year. Uh, Keen, we were talking about predictions made at the start of the season. You were talking up the Bears, hyping them up yeah. before the start of the year. You quite pleased with that now or...? Um, satisfied I'm, with their start, three and three. Yeah, they, they've been they've been okay. The defense is coming together a little bit. It was very good last week. Uh, um, they weren't facing the greatest of opposition in the Atlanta Falcons, but the, the bigger thing for me is that the receivers finally look to be where they were last year. Altron Jeffrey had an outstanding game last week. He he had a touchdown ruled out that when he ran out of bounds, but I don't really think that was his fault. It was just unlucky, really. And outside of that, he still made a lot of big plays, and he made plays in different ways, which is very important for him because he's still a developing player. And Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler look to be back on the same page. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about them. I'm probably not as optimistic as I was before the year, but as they're getting healthy and as things are coming together, I think they're very much going in the right direction. I think they are in a tough division in the NFC North because the Lions have proven to be a lot better than anyone I think expected them to be. And the Packers have proven to have Aaron Rodgers, which wasn't something everyone expected them to have. And I, I just, I, I, I'm still excited for them, but I think they're going to be in a battle for a playoff spot simply because the NFC and that division in particular looks to be very tight. Uh, lads, question about the Falcons while we're just on the subject. Um, that's a team that was two games or two couple plays away from the Super Bowl two years ago, and I mean they looked terrible at home against the Bears on Sunday. Is it just is their terribleness just completely down to that? The injuries on the offensive line, or like, are there more systemic flaws with with that team going forward? I think a lot has changed on the roster. It's it's a lot. It's a very different team to what it was a few years back. They still have the the key players of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Roddy White, but on the defensive side, the front seven doesn't have any real pieces that are even starter worthy. I would say the offensive line looks awful, like we've said. They've lost a guy like Tony Gonzalez, who you can't replace. And they're, they're just kind of they're going the wrong direction. And I think the, the biggest problem there is the general manager who has brought in talents just, that just isn't very good. I do like predictions so that we can hold them over you as yeah. the season goes on. So maybe we'll just get all of you to uh, rank the division. Tell us who's going to make the playoffs. Of, well, I'll give you, I, th- I would say the top three. I think that that division is going to end up like this, the NFC North. It's going to go Detroit. Chicago, Green Bay. That's my prediction, and then Minnesota in last. Sam? Uh, I would flip Green Bay and Detroit. I think Green Bay will take it. Detroit will be second, the Bears, and then the Vikings. Finish it up, Keane. Uh, I'm going to be stubborn and say the Bears, Packers, <laughs> Lions, and Vikings. All right, uh, we'll hold you to those uh, in a couple of months' time when we're looking back on it all. Uh, just to finish up looking back on last weekend, another interesting game, the Browns against the Steelers, 31-10. For Cleveland, they're now three and two. The Steelers three and three, and Keen. These look to be two teams going in very different directions at the moment. Yeah, the Steelers are three and three, but their three losses are very, very worrisome. They lost to the Ravens in Baltimore. It was a Thursday night game, obviously, but they didn't look very good in that game. They lost to the Buccaneers, who have proven to be terrible, and they've lost this game where the Browns won thirty-one to ten, and they won thirty-one to ten very easily. The Steelers are, are blowing assignments in, in their secondary. They can't stop the run. The, the receivers and the quarterback aren't on the same page. It's, it's a bit of a disaster on that side of this game. But the Browns have looked quite impressive. And I think the biggest key for them is that, like, a bit like the Cowboys, it's their offensive line. It's been, it's been fantastic run, uh, in the running game. And they've got Ben Tate, who's a good veteran, and a couple of young backs coming through who have kind of given that team, uh, uh, or given that offense an identity to, to rely on. Like, Hoyer threw for 200, uh, 200 yards last week. 
but he only completed eight passes. The, the passing game isn't really that strong, so, but, so they're going to rely on the running game. But they're fortunate enough that that running game does look to be very consistent and very strong. Sam, what are your thoughts on Cleveland and how they look after five games? Next up, they've got Jacksonville, Tampa Bay and the Raiders. So is there a chance these guys could emerge as outsiders for a wildcard spot? Yeah, not just that. I think there's a chance, an outside chance, they could still take that division. Um, they look good against the Steelers. I think, like Kean said, the Steelers have kind of been going in the wrong direction for a while. And there's just there's not a huge amount of talent on that roster. But the Browns really did kind of do them over. They, they beat them on both sides of the ball. Brian Hoyer, I think, showed that if they can get a good running game going, he can be the kind of quarterback that can... I'm not really wild about the term game manager, but he can be a really good game manager in in the positive sense of the word in that he can make the passes he needs to make when he needs to make them. Um, And at that stage, they're a a playoff contending side. That's a good, talented roster, and and Hoyer appears to be a guy who's not going to lose them games. One thing I've been interested to see this this season uh, with the Browns and the Cowboys is like almost a sort of throwback return to um, teams that can control the ball, run first, rolling the clock and kind of win, kind of win games in a sort of chippy way as opposed to the sort of like run and shoot, scoring touchdowns left and right kind of style that had been taken over. Now, Kian, do you think that do you think that's a way forward, or do you think if um, you know if the likes of Cleveland or Dallas were to come up against a sort of Denver style team that it, it's the it's the kind of offense that'll win in the end? Well, I think we saw that even last year and last year's Super Bowl. You you can still need to run the ball. I I don't really think. There is one specific way to build an offense. I don't think there's one specific way to build a defense. I think if you're good enough and smart enough in the way you approach anything on the offensive side, you can build an offense that's going to be uh, capable of winning a a Super Bowl if if that's the way we have to judge it or get into the playoffs or being efficient and effective, whatever way we want to look at it. It's a a matter of talent. It's a matter of, of just smart timing of when you do things. I don't think there's any specific philosophy, even though the rules are kind of making it impossible to be a defensive back these days. Just looking ahead to uh, this weekend, we've got Cincinnati at the Colts, two of the teams in the AFC who could be legitimate contenders to take on Denver in the championship game. Four wins in a row for the Colts after losing their first two matches. Andrew Luck's been having a pretty incredible year. The Bengals, on the other hand, are pretty frustrating, especially on defense. Last couple of weeks, 37 points and 43 points conceded. Sam, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, the the defense for the Bengals is starting to be a bit of a concern. I think that the Colts may well end up rolling them over completely. And at, and at that stage, you've got to wonder where Cincinnati is. Um, they went from being one of the strongest-looking teams on paper in the NFL to suddenly a team that may, now may be the, the third-best team in that division. Yeah, Keen, what's going wrong? I think the talent, the talent has changed a bit on the defensive front. And you look at a guy like Geno Atkins, he looks to be the only player who's playing to his potential at the moment. Um, the, the linebackers, Vontis Morfict, has missed some time with a concussion. Ray Maulug has always been a bit limited. I think they're getting a bit old in the back seven. And then just the, the defensive front is just lacking the talent it had in previous times with Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson wasn't a great player, but I don't think he's really been replaced. And his absence has kind of forced other guys into bigger roles that they're not really ready for. Donnie, you was down on the Bengals. Well, I just got to say, the Bengals last week, they played Carolina, and they played to a 37-37 draw. And I'm just going to... That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't happen very often. I think one of the... I think Kelvin Benjamin on the Panthers didn't even know that you could even have a tie. <laughs> but what I got to say is, we got to scrap the ties. All it's right. stupid. It's why You need a winner or a loser. This is America. <laughs> so, this is not. <laughs> well, the game is played in America. Maybe America should learn from the rest of the world. There are, no, there are no American sports with ties, really. Like, maybe, I mean, soccer is not an American sport. So, uh, uh, hockey got rid of being very American today. <laughs> but, like, is it? It's, I mean, it was great to see, in a funny way, Mike Nugent missed that field goal. But, like, I just. What, they should have kept playing? They, they should have kept playing until somebody won. It, like, who needs that extra one kind of hanging off their, you know, off their record all season? I just don't, I don't understand. Nobody wins with a tie. I, I just want a winner or a loser, you know? You just don't want to have to deal with the tie breaking situation. That's very confusing, isn't it? What does happen with the tiebreak situation? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're the experts. Clear it up for me. It gets messy because then you start having to talk about half games and it just it throws everybody into confusion. Right. Yeah. So let's just, I, I feel perfectly. We'll just hope the Bengals and the Panthers kind of just fade into obscurity and doesn't come up later on. 
Uh, two teams unlikely to fade into security, the 49ers and the Broncos. Uh, really interesting game, this. The 49ers starting to rattle off a few wins. Um, Kevernick seems to have kind of righted the ship after some early season's issues. And the Broncos started very strong, 4-1. Uh, this is one to look forward to. When's this on, Sunday night? Monday night. Monday night. Should be good. Should be good. Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night. <laughs> I was right. Donny, the know. American, was wrong. Sunday night. 9.25? That's my prime no, time. I think it's I think it's, it's 2.30 Monday morning. Is that be right, lads? 1.30? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, never, it's the late, late game. I'll never manage to stop that late. No. Anyway, Donny, how's it going to go? Um, I, I don't know, actually. Yeah. I have no... I'm, I, a tie? Maybe a tie. I think... <laughs> I don't, I, like, I, San Francisco are doing the things they have to do. They're down 14 nothing to St. Louis came back and and hammered them. I I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing uh Manning against the, against the Niners defense. Keen. Uh, I'm still very worried about the 49ers offense and the way they're approaching it. Uh Frank Gore for years has been the guy who sets the tone, the guy who they rely on and the guy who has made the quarterback's job a lot easier in San Francisco. And now they're moving away from Gore. There was even a report this week that Gore had to earn his roster spot in the offseason that they were considering cutting him, which seems bizarre because whenever he's been on the field, he's been very, very good. And now they're, they're putting all the offense on the shoulders of Colin Kaepernick. And my concern is against the Broncos, if they just go out and look to pass the ball all day, it'll let the Broncos pass rush just pin their ears back and go straight after Kaepernick. And Kaepernick, while he plays well, he always has a couple of, game, a couple of plays in the game where he doesn't really seem to know where he is or he doesn't really seem to know what he's doing. And you think there's just always, there's going to be turnover opportunities. And against against the Broncos offense, against Peyton Manning, you can't really afford to have two or three turnovers and still expect to win. Yeah, Sam, I, do you feel this is one where the Broncos will be confident of, of uh, coming away with victory? Yeah, I do. I think the, the Broncos have the advantage when their defense is on the field. Um, they're not going to give up the kind of ridiculous touchdown that the the Rams gave up at the end of the first half, which really was the turning point of that game. Um, Denver have some of the, the better kind of coverage guys out there. Chris Harris is, is playing fantastically at corner for them, um, and they can bring some pass rush and, and clog up the middle. And that, that 49ers offensive line just isn't playing as well as it has in the past. So I think that's the, the side they have the advantage. And then obviously on the other side of the ball, it's, it's Peyton Manning gets time to go to work. Sam, thanks for joining us. That's Sam Monson there, writer of Pro Football Focus and, as is written down in front of me, the internet's number one Tom Brady hater. Uh, <laughs> you can get him at PFF underscore Sam. Keen Fahey, thank you as well. Keen's writer with the Bleacher Report. You can get him at Keen AF. And Donny, thank you. See you for mixed picks. More good times to come for the Patriots? Um, I'm pretty sure. Are, you gonna, are they going to be one of your picks? I, you have to listen to find out. Well, I'll be there. Cool. Uh, that's coming up shortly. Gronkowski, the sexiest man on the New England Patriots, and he dared me to say that, and nothing about the sexiest man on the team. Uh, we got to give that to uh, one of the linemen today. All the linemen are sexy. They got that sexy body and everything, so uh, they played a great job. They're the ones who should get laid tonight, those linemen. All right, big <laughs> All right, welcome to Mixed Picks. Mick McCarthy is here. He deserves to get laid tonight. Well... <laughs> We'll see what happens we'll s- with mixed picks, I suppose. Yeah, well, exactly. Whether you act fully deserve it. He had a good week predicting games, so maybe he does. You had a good week. I had. I well, I what's, I, a, what's a good week? Three out of three for me is a good no, week. Yeah, Everything else is failure. I, I was two and one, but the two that uh, me and Donny went head to head, as you'll remember, on two, which is the, the now three times we've done that set this season. I'm three and zero. Oh. I've only had four wins all season. Three of them. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you should just oppose uh, everything I, I, Donny tips. I picked Cleveland and I picked uh, Baltimore, and they had two uh, absolute hammerings. And Donny went against me, so he was like mm. well out of it. So I was going into the afternoon games like with a, I was about plus forty five on my uh, spread, and then uh, San Diego. Go and go like fourteen nothing, seven nothing, and fourteen seven down to Oakland, and I like Oakland they won, were the worst team ever. Yeah, they won the game as you knew they were going to do, but they just didn't get. They left it too late to kind of. They, once they went ahead, they were just going to take a kneel down. So two and one, Donny. Two and one. Yeah, I had a bad week. The Buccaneers let me down. The Steelers let you down. Steelers really let me down. So much. Your so, knowledge let you down. Well, the sad thing is, I was on Cleveland almost from the beginning of the year, and I turned my back on them, thinking. 
almost being too clever by half, thinking it was time that the momentum was going away. I was going to get away, get ahead of the momentum before it left. And it turned out Pittsburgh are terrible. So, Which um, we've talked about a lot. We have, yes. Yeah, one of the recurring themes of this, this segment of the podcast. So, you know, that's life. Denver uh, bailed me out there. They had a light pick six. Sorry, can I just say, Jar was 0-3 last week. I was four points away from being 3 now. Fair enough, I was 2-1. Doesn't matter. No, you're Tell right. Tell that to the bookies. You're right, I was 2-1, okay? That's fine. That's yeah. that's good. I, if I go 2-1 the rest of the season, I'm not getting a Gatorade bat. Donny was uh, so close to 0-3. It was ridiculous. The Jets hung in there with Denver for the whole game, and then Geno Smith does what Geno Smith does and throws a pick six as time expires, basically, for Denver to beat the spread of 10 points. Does this Gatorade really... bath actually happen? It does, yeah. Where? Um, when? We, the uh, news talk roof, I think. The news talk roof. <laughs> maybe now can... covered in synthetic grass. Maybe. <laughs> Wonderful. Maybe it can't happen. The Yvonne reception is going to be delighted yeah, so by that. It's probably not going to happen okay. now, actually. So I was up there last. Well, I was up do there it down the basement. It like It'll happen, yeah. The basement. In the bike, the bike storage shed. Yeah. Sounds a bit dodge. I think maybe Stevens Green in January. Yeah, freezing mm. cold. A long way to go from uh, for for warmth and shelter. It's motivation to get your act together and pick the games right. Think hard about it because nobody wants to be getting the Gatorade bath on the first weekend of February. No, it's going to be too cold. To right. Start. But well, we may as well. We may as well. We were going to talk about fancy, but uh, the Jer, as I said, was zero three. His picks were. Um, <laughs> yeah, he picked uh, the Chargers the same as me, which I thought was safe money. We all agreed that Seahawks minus eight last week on the pod when we talked about this against the Cowboys was ridiculous. The Cowboys obviously beat them, mm-hmm. and the Giants plus two point five against the Eagles. So every loss this week, except for the two Chargers, were absolute whoopings. Yeah, that was that's true. Uh, the Giants obviously lost like twenty seven nil or something like that to Philadelphia. Yeah, that game was score. never close. Falcons were terrible. So, um, do you want to do your picks now, or do you want to talk about fantasy yeah, now? Well, the, what's happened? We may as well get the picks out of the way, I guess, yeah, and then see. come back to fancy. But what's happened now is that Donnie has maintained his lead despite one and two, uh, with six, eight, and one at the top of the table. Not the greatest score for the top of the well, table, I have to say. But uh, and then me and Jer are both uh, bringing up uh, the Gatorade bath spoon wooden spoon race with four, ten, and one. It's a shared bath at the moment. Ooh. Well, now that now see, I don't think we're actually. I don't think we're actually talking about. Basement. I don't think we're talking about a tub here. We're talking about like you know a bucket being thrown over okay. our heads, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. no, it's the just... ice bucket challenge with Gatorade. Exactly, and the Gatorade that, ice bucket challenge. No redeeming social. That might end up being Powerade. Let's face okay. it. Okay, hard to get Gatorade here. Will it go up online? Will it be shared on the off the ball Facebook page? Well, I'm not going to get it, so like <laughs> I'd imagine I'll be posting it on the off the ball Facebook. <laughs> So who are you picking this week? My season's coming around. Has anyone had a, a 3-0 and yet? <laughs> it's a, yeah, I had one last week. I, I was doing all my, my uh, research for this. I wrote down a couple of the fancy things. I have all last week's scores and all. And I just looked at the... the I have all the spreads here and realised I haven't, I haven't made any picks. picks. Yeah. So you want, so, a, you want, a, you want okay. 30 seconds, Donnie, filler, filler time. Okay. Press pause, it's a podcast. So I, I'll, I'll, I've got Jerry's picks here as well. I'll start with my own. Um, earlier in the podcast we were talking about this amazing um, Detroit Lions defense and they got a home game in Detroit against the uh, the New Orleans Saints who have been one of the more disappointing teams of the season I like Detroit so um, I think it'll be a low scoring and uh, uh, kind of chippy game but I, I see the Lions pulling that off at more than a field goal um, the Chargers let some people down against the spread last week they're bringing the Kansas City Chiefs home off a of bye week um, this week but I like I like San Diego to keep the momentum going, so I'm going Chargers minus four at home. Now, what I'm kind of worried about here is I've got those I've got the, I'm picking against the Saints and picking against the Chiefs coming off bye week, so it's two rest of teams. There's going to be two hard won games by me. Uh, and finally, I've got the Colts. They're uh, welcoming in Cincinnati. There's a, only a, a measly three points between them. I like the Colts to hammer them. I think the, the Bengals are in a little bit of trouble here. Andrew Luck doing the job minus three. Wow. So that's my because like it's it's. I was looking at that just now, obviously, and thinking that like the Colts and Bengals is clearly like the best game of the week. There, mm. it's just like and it's a minus three, which is kind of the home team. Yeah, three saying, points. They're basically saying the teams are exactly the same. Yeah, just the home difference. The home is worth, field is worth three points. But, but I, I, I don't know. I just kind of I'm inclined to always stay away from the really good games because yeah, you know they could take on a life of their this own. This is the Bengals have let in. They've been bad in two weeks in, in the row, last yeah. two games. Exactly, yeah. And the Colts have won four in a row. I mean, two teams. Yeah, they, the Colts should win that. 
Yeah, uh, but Bradshaw killing him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you have a bit Good of boy. bitterness about Bradshaw. I think we'll get to that. I don't mind Bradshaw. Uh, Bradshaw. <laughs> I have a lot of bitterness. <laughs> not, <laughs> not so much to- towards Trent Richardson as well, probably. Um, our AWOL colleague Gerald Gilroy, he had uh, Harald. We had there's some shared picks here. He also uh, went with the Lions um, to beat. Uh, Saints minus two and a half and he also went with the Colts minus three over Cincy. His uh, pick that will stand out is the his uh, homeboys, the San Francisco 49ers, on the road in Denver, giving up six and a half points Sunday night. He's got a feeling that Kaepernick and Harbaugh are going to do it. You should never pick your own team. No. especially like, I am looking at the Pats minus 9.5 tonight, and I think we'll talk about that in a minute, and I want to get all over that, but never pick your own team. That's Jer. What, onto you, you've had what are you going to get all over? I have five circled, as is my want, <laughs> really quickly. Probably missing out Some the most obvious ones approach. there. And I... Do you know what? I'm going to stay on Cleveland. Okay, right enough. Cleveland got me uh, enough points to win four or five games last week. They are at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are slightly improving, but Cleveland, they're just on a roll at the moment. It's minus 5.5. It's a pretty big spread for a road team like Cleveland mm. that you don't quite trust yet. Like as a, you know, they, they they've had a few good games, but like, do you really trust them as a team? Not really. But look, you do. You haven't thought about it very much. <laughs> I'm talking myself <laughs> out of this for some reason. I'm sticking with it though. I, I'm loving the Browns this year. Uh, so they're um, that's how big an advantage one. is it coming off a of bye week? In theory, it should be a very big one. You've got your guys rested. You know, you've got some guys, um, some in, a lot of injuries in the NFL. It's a big issue. And, you you know, here they are just kind of chilling out, and getting some time to kick their Two weeks up. to plan for exactly, a, a, yeah. a team. But why why do you ask that with those two teams? No, I'm just wondering with Donnie's picks. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think, But I, I also think that the, Saints. the people in Las Vegas will uh, calculate the bye week into the spread as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Probably. Right. Much like staying with the Cleveland Browns, I'm going to stick with the Baltimore Ravens as well. I think Atlanta, I watched a lot of their game against the Bears. They were, as Donnie said, awful. Um, they've been bad for a few weeks now and things look like they're getting worse. Their mm. offensive line is falling apart. The Ravens were obviously, that game was over in like 10 seconds last week, so you can't really take too much out of it. But I still think they're a good team, which I've talked about before. They're minus seven at home. Matt Ryan doesn't play well outdoors, as we know. Um, so I'm going to take the Ravens there, uh, minus seven. And I kind of want to take the Seahawks. No, I'm going to take the uh, Arizona Cardinals minus 3.5 at the Oakland Raiders. So basically I'm going for Cleveland, for Baltimore and against Oakland, which is the exact same as I did okay. last week, which ended it. So uh, I'm looking for things for the first time in in this season in the NFL to stay the same. Three favorites? Uh, three favorites, yeah, which I'm not mad about. I was looking at my circles there and they were all minuses, mm. but... Uh, this is what happens when you don't put enough time into your picks. Matt Ryan doesn't play well outdoors. Matt Ryan does not play well outdoors. Is that not an issue? Well, he plays, <laughs> his team plays He, he indoors, has minimum so. nine games a year yeah, indoors still, because they play the Saints. At some stage during his career, like when he was 17, 18, well, like, he's I in mean, college, I mean, people I'm sure he can play well like in college or you know, in some games, but as, as a general rule, he doesn't play as well outdoors of the dome which he becomes used to but they say that about like they said before he went to Denver they said that about Peyton Manning mm-hmm. when he was playing all his games as a Colts as a the Colts quarterback indoors and then like he goes to Denver and he goes to mile high and he's better than ever like it, yeah. but but he's doing it every week you know I, I don't know if it's a real thing is it just really that he's better he's better at home player. than he is away <laughs> maybe yeah and it just so happens his but home it, is cool, like you know Drew Brees Drew Brees say and, and Matt Ryan and all. They do have a massive advantage, especially from fantasy and stats point of view, is that they play nearly all their games indoors with no weather conditions. You know, especially as it gets later in the year now and it starts getting windy and snowy and rainy. You don't want those but, guys. That's well, why they... Like, uh, well, I mean, they have a massive advantage yeah. playing at least half their games, if not more, because obviously some away games in Dome. I was wondering why on the fantasy stats when it comes up as to who they're playing next week, they do have a little weather forecast mm, beside it as well. important, yeah. The little lightning bolt or the... They're, they're, they're throwing a ball... 80 yards through the air you know wind's yeah. probably going to come into it like. <laughs> so anyway I, I'm sticking with Arizona as I said at, at Oakland I, I kind of like the look of this team alright they're, they're with Carson Palmer back okay yeah ready yeah. to rock they're a serious team the they're top of that division they which are, is yeah. amazing at this stage of the season with Seattle and San Francisco in it but they probably won't win it but they're uh, they're a serious outfit like. Bruce Arians he has nice glasses nice glasses <laughs> he does 
So how was your fantasy week? Well, Nathan, why don't we start with yours? Oh, my God. Just when I, I lost again. My opponent finished with 168 points. <laughs> I, saw, I noticed this how, how can I even... <laughs> that must be almost a record. Safe to say he, he was a top scorer in the, in the league. <laughs> I've looked have? back through the figures. Every week that I've lost, my opponent is one of the top three scores in the league. Everyone says that. He had um, <laughs> DeMarco Murray. He had Colin Kaepernick. He had Steve Smith. That's his three all-time. I there. had Joe Flacco. Wow. Joe Flacco? Yeah, of course. So I'm thinking, he had 38, 38 points. I'm thinking, wow. I'm off yeah. to a good start here. Cam Newton outscores him. On your bench. From your bench. From my bench. Yeah, that's insane. So that's Flacco's the two what? best Five touchdowns in the first, first quarter? First yeah, half? First yeah, first half, yeah. And still isn't my highest scoring quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I'm being killed. Eddie Lacy yeah. again. We were You're just talking about luck. it. Eddie Lacy did nothing for you. Bradshaw, it was Thursday night. He didn't do much. He, he was all right. Yeah. Anything over 10, I now find, yeah. Is, yeah. is okay. Yeah, no, 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 sorry. I've forgotten what game he played. Yeah, Bradshaw was okay. Ronnie Hillman, who you, you drafted in, was pretty good. Marshall, got a touchdown? Yes. Yeah. Terrence Williams, I, I, I don't think did anything. Zach Ertz got a touchdown. Panthers D against Cincinnati didn't do didn't much. do much, and Phil Dawson I think did okay. So you probably had a pretty decent week. I'd over hundred that you were up against. I would have beaten most teams in my league. Mm. Yeah, you had hundred and eight. We should just point out for the for the um, purposes of just people listening in that one hundred and sixty eight points was it? Yeah, yes. that 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 is on the Flea Flicker site, which is slightly, slightly exaggerated. Like I mean, it, it, it's it's an amazing score, but it's not as good as my 150 this week <laughs> on the ESPN. We, sh- um, we um, should point that out. <laughs> well, we really should. Um, it was, uh, Kaepernick had, this is what you're going up against, Kaepernick had 30, so you had 38, your quarterback, Flacco yeah. had 38. That's negated by Kaepernick's 37. I'm uh, thinking I'm thinking Flacco's going to end up at about 60 <laughs> points here at halftime. Ben Tate had 20, DeMarco Murray had 20, Steve Smith had 19, T.Y. Hilton had 31. Uh, a measly 2.8 from Odell Beckham. Uh, even the Titans' defense had 17. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is like defense. a dream week. Um, That's insane. It's a, this person uh, you'll know him on Twitter is on the nickel. Make your friend. Oh yeah. So uh, he's he, he's playing he's playing uh, he's kind of reigning in this. He actually gave he listens to this podcast. He gave out to us last week because we uh, we encouraged Nathan to take that amazing trade on the week he was playing him. Ah, uh, yeah. That trade. Again, it's a, we said last week it's going to be a slow burner. <laughs> yeah, certainly. This season's going to be over very soon, and things are things are definitely going to turn so, to it's me. It's a problem with the short season in the NFL, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if we were saying this last week, but in this league uh, that Nathan's in, the people who are in last place and second last place get kicked out. So there's no it's a very steep learning curve. You have to adapt fast. It could be a short fantasy career yeah. for Nathan. <laughs> One and five after six. Yeah, there's plenty now. You have a, you have a team there that can do something. You need Eddie Lacy to get off his ass. I do need Eddie Lacy to get off his ass. Um, yeah. Reggie Bush, should I bring him in? They are playing the Saints. New Orleans Saints at home. His old team, he's going to be angry. Back from injury. Yeah. Bring him instead of Eddie Lacy. See, that's what I'm saying. Don't drop Eddie Lacy. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Oh. That's why you've got to make your own decisions. I've got three bloody decisions to make on my own this week. I don't need, don't need yours on top. Mick, we might just say, talking about high scoring now, 168 points is a lot. That will maybe never happen. But you were involved in one of the one of the all time greatest fantasy shootouts, and you came out on the on the on the top of it. It was possibly the greatest fantasy game of all time. I was being hammered for the entire time, despite all my guys playing really well. The score ended up 150 to 144. The next best score in the league was 104. All right. The guy who lost, needless to say, was pretty angry and rightfully so. He had an amazing week. I went in, I it started off on Thursday night with me getting 28 points from T.Y. Hilton and him having Andrew Luck and Arian Foster both getting like 28 as well. So we were off to the races then and it just, it never stopped. Like I had Matt Forte, got a load of points um, all the way down to uh, the Eagles defense on Sunday night, got me out of jail by having a huge game. And then I needed Colin Kaepernick to get eight more points than the... San Francisco 49ers defense on Monday night. The Niners defense had a great game, but luckily for me, Kaepernick out of nowhere has his biggest game of the season by a mile. And like, it was ridiculous. Like it was, it was waking up to that on Tuesday morning was a lot of fun. (laughs) So are you in control of your league or is? I'm five and one 
Um, but one. but there is a certain uh, dream there's a certain Belo Horizont resident who's mm-hmm. knocking at six and zero. Oh, so oh yeah, annoying. Six and oh. I haven't played him yet though. I lost to him this week. Donny forgot to start his defense. <laughs> yeah, I played in two leagues, and in one of them, um, I was pl- I woke up on Friday morning, and wow. I was down fifty seven four. That's right. <laughs> Somebody had Aaron Foster and T Y Hilton. And so when I saw that, I just sort of forgot about the. I kind of just wrote off the entire fantasy weekend. I just said, "I'm going to lose all my games." After I'm going to relax. Just going to. I'm not even going to care. And then, so I kind of. I was occupied on Sunday, and I checked in on uh, around ten o'clock, ten thirty at night to check how I was getting on. And I realized I didn't even start a defense against uh, you and McKenna, league leader. So what did I do? Well, there's nothing I could do. So I ended up losing by. I had the Vikings defense on the bench who scored seven. I ended up losing by 11, so I didn't really care that much in the end of the day. What's done is done. Didn't matter. Didn't really kind of matter. Pointless story. i got to say, though, I've got, I've got this guy, Anton Smith, on yeah. my team. I've started him three weeks in a row, and each time he scored one, he scored an amazing touchdown in each of the last three games. I don't know how long I should ride it for. He doesn't get a chance to do anything else. He's never on the field. He gets on the field like four times and he runs off a 60-yard play for a touchdown. And then he doesn't come back. It's bizarre. But like he's... I was thinking about uh, getting him in the waiver. Yeah. Then I decided everything I read was exactly that. But it's, it's, never it's, on the it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen because like, it happened three weeks in a row and you're thinking, right, it definitely won't happen this week. And then I'm watching Red Zone on Sunday yeah. and we go, big play in Atlanta. And it just goes, oh, and it's Anton Smith running down for a 50-yard touchdown again. And why doesn't he get more game time? It's bizarre. It's I have no idea. They've thing. got like four running backs, none of whom seemingly are any good except for this big play monster that they have. Yeah, and they keep going, they keep avoiding them. So now, now that I'm talking about it, I'm sure this will be the week that he... Um, that he kind of that he doesn't get this touchdown, but I I I think I'm just going to ride my luck out. I've also got this guy Isaiah Crowell. Mm, who's I picked a, him up last week. Kind of an interesting guy from Cleveland who is sort of their second. He's like their backup, but he seems like their best guy. Um, yeah. Although, in fairness, uh, the name has escaped me. Former Houston. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's been good since he came back from injury. Like he actually looks like he, a decent running back. Yeah. Well, while we're on it, actually, I'm sure you guys talked about it beforehand, but. Watching the Marco Murray in the last drive for Dallas on Sunday against Seattle was insane. It was like watching, like, you know, you're watching, like, the NFL films thing about, like, the greatest running backs of all time when they did this. And he just, they're trying to stop him to get the ball back one more time. And Murray is just jumping over them, getting six yards every time with these amazing breaking tackles. Like, he looks, like, not, not as a sweeping statement, but I'm saying looks on the form he's on this season to be one of those, like, running backs that you'd be talking about in 20 or 30 years. Yeah, and it's not like he was coming up against some chumps or anything. It was like yeah, Seattle, Seattle, you know. Just powering through. It was, it was great to see. I I loved the old kind of control the clock, give it to your running back, you know, you, you, not between flashy. Yeah, exactly, right between the tackles, right up the middle. That's that's the football I was reared on. That's what I like to see. I'm glad that there's a little bit of a renaissance this year. I hope Murray stays fit because he's been amazing. So do I, considering the last yeah. fancy thing we'll say, I pulled off possibly the biggest robbery of a trade in history of fantasy this week. Uh, but I, the, the person who traded for, for me, Emmett, has nobody to blame but himself. He offered me the trade. I waited three days to accept it for some reason, my, my own stupidity. I waited until the games were played, pressed accept, and then he started asking everybody in the league to veto it. Even though it was totally his own fault. I, anyway, thankfully, they what was the trade? common sense. I, I was offered DeMarco Murray, Zach Ertz, and Steve Smith Sr. Mm-hmm. for Andre Ellington, Rob Gronkowski, and busted flush Cordero Patterson. Why were you offered this? <laughs> it's a good point. I don't know. And I'm doing terrible in that league. <laughs> I, I am two and four the in that league. Things like this never happened to me. I'm two and four in that league. I was hammered this week. I am staring down relegation. I'm in a battle with Jer Gilroy for relegation and a couple of others. And my team has been utterly transformed. Uh, and oh, now, but, but the I was Marco, looking forward the, to us being in the same league next I year. I know, I know, but you're not going to be in that either, though. <laughs> DeMarco Murray has played like you know has had about 412,000 touches so far this year so it is only I'm sure Ellington will come good for yeah Ellington has keeper value I guess it is is a keeper league as well so I mean Ellington was worth like a 15th round pick which is gone to me now and Mm. I'll I'll have to give up Murray next year but 
if you gained the number one player in fantasy and one of the top five receivers. Yeah. It's- like Steve Smith. I have Steve Smith in another league, which um, I actually won by a half a point this week. Right. That oh. was a nice win. This was a good week. Half a point. This was a good week for you. That is insane. Uh, yeah, so I have that Steve Smith was obviously the difference there. Like, So it's great having Steve Smith. And he's a fun player to watch. He's, well. You root for him. Yeah. He's cool. That is. Are we done? I think we're done. I don't know. Do we want to talk about your team some more now? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm pretty certain the listeners are sick so of my if team. Ger, if Jer's back next week, are you going to come in and give us regular updates? Because I think we want to well, know. I'm just going to come in and bitch and moan for about five minutes every single week about the terrible decisions I've been making well, maybe, and Eddie Lacey. Maybe the time has come <laughs> just to put Eddie Lacey on the bench for a while, you know? As, as an Eddie Lacey owner, he's my first I'm round a, pick. I, I can't do that either. I'm afraid to do it. You got Hillman. He's solid. You got Bradshaw. Solid. Yeah, I, I'm bringing Reggie Bush. Reggie. Reggie, yeah. See, I think Reggie's going to go mad against the Saints this week. Maybe I'll do it. He's do one. They kicked them out, you know. They were, they were He was their big first-round pick. They built the team around him, and then they just ditched Is him. Is he fit? But there's nothing worse than you have a guy on your team, and you're just and he's sitting there doing nothing. Like, we don't, I'm not saying cut him. But take a bit of control and say, look, Eddie Lacey. I'm putting you on the bench of purgatory here. You're not going to control me anymore. I'm going to control you. Oh yeah. So you think like you think what he needs, what Eddie Lacey needs, a bit of tough love from Nathan. Exactly. Yeah. He needs to sit in the bench there and be told, "Here, you're not invincible, here, man." Yeah. You don't call the shots. Is he is he on Twitter? Should I send him a tweet and tell him I'm doing this? So that I'd say footballers never get that. I'd say that. I'd say they'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say it's like it's like Victor Meldrew when he was in Flattered Head (laughs) at the time. I'd say he'd love that. Those those NFL players never get bitchy bitchy tweets about their fancy. I think I might just do it then. See what yeah. happens. Yeah, no, seriously, I'd say it look. Yeah, <laughs> Mick, Donny, thank you very much. Thanks I may so. not be here next week. You'll be glad to hear, but uh, Jerry will be here presumably, possibly. Say so. Great. All right, see you then.